Talk to me. I want you to talk to me about talk to me about you from birth until now. How how did that brand new baby <laughs> develop and became the great Amanda? <laughs> um, everyone grab their popcorn and maybe a few drinks because it's gonna be a while. No, but Just summarize it for me in eighteen minutes. Eighteen specifically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so a little bit about me. I was born in South Florida mm -hmm. and raised in South Florida by two amazing parents. The best. The best parents. Mm -hmm. um, and I will get to how they really impacted me to where I am today specifically. Um, but I was born beautiful, healthy. There's a few complications during birth. Um, ended up having to do a C-section. Nothing crazy. I came out. All was well. And when I was about two, I think it was about, eh, about one, um, when I started to try and walk, they noticed that I kept walking on my toes and I didn't have much balance. So they're like, okay, you know, a lot of kids are twinkle toes and you see them running mm -hmm. around with that. And then they, my mom started to get a little bit concerned. She's like, she's not progressing with walking as quickly as other people are or other kids are. So they took me in, they, you know, did ran a few tests and did a few different things and realized that I had cerebral palsy, which is a lot of people call CP and I'll refer to it as CP. Um, and they realized that I had CP. So in my case, I have like one of the most mild cases of it possible. Okay. I'm very, very blessed that it's very rare to have it only really affect one part of my body. And it's really only my legs and my hips. It has caused a few little things in my back, but nothing that can't be overcome. Mm -hmm. um, so they started going through that treatment plan of some low cerebral palsy with shortened Achilles because that's what they felt it was. And that's why I was walking on my toes because there's a lot of kids that walk on their toes, but like my heel never went down. Like mm -hmm. it was, this was the only position. So with that, they started doing a lot of different therapies and the amount of physical therapists that I've been to um, and braces, which I don't know if you've seen orthopedic braces. They're not very subtle and they're not very cute. And when you are a small child in the early years of development and kids are not always the nicest, that Aww. was kind of the beginning of what I think kind of stemmed from my wanting to not stand out mm -hmm. because I was always the kid that did stand out because I had these big old braces on both of my legs. Um, I was always falling or I was always having to be pulled out of class to do therapies and things like that. And I always stood out and I hated it. Mm. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to stand out. I want to be normal. I want to be like everyone else. Um, so the braces ended up not being enough, um, to really correct the situation. So in fourth grade, fast forward, um, during that whole time, we were going back and forth, braces, therapies, this, that, another, um, and, we ended up doing surgery and lengthening my Achilles, both of my legs. And I thought the braces were not subtle, cast on both of your legs uh. up to your knees, also not subtle. Uh. And I was kind of like a baby giraffe trying to figure out how to walk mm -hmm. with cast in a new position. Mm. And growing up in South Florida, you have a lot of stairs in your house mm. and there was a lot. So there's a lot to overcome. Um, especially being in fourth grade. I mean, you're still a kid. And with all of that, got out of the cast, again, physical therapy. So now I can walk flat-footed, but now I have the tightness in my hamstrings, which causes it harder to kick out. So there's a lot of just different things that were going to be difficult. And bless my mom and dad, and I used to resent her for it. And now 
being older, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Looking back, yeah, I'm so thankful for the way that my parents handled my entire childhood because I was never allowed to use it as a disability. Mm-hmm. Never once was I allowed to use it as a crutch, use it as a way to get out of things. Even mm-hmm. though I did in middle school, I got out of the mile run for PE because I did not <laughs> want to run a mile. But um, my parents never let me besides obviously the fact that like I had something different on my legs than other kids, I was never able to use it as a crutch. So Mm -hmm. it was, you're going to do all the same things that all the other kids do. It might be harder for you. It might take you longer to do it, but you're going to do it. And I think that lesson is what made me who I am today because I've held that and have learned so much just from that. That's, that's, that's just so amazing. So amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, We see so many parents that just try to, quote unquote, protect their kids from, I'm not sure what, and and don't push them to the limits, or at least don't push them anything at all. Yeah. And we can see, and it's amazing how your parents did not fall for that. Mm-hmm. And, and they were so on point on how they did it. That is just that is just an amazing thing that you are obviously going to be so grateful for that the rest of your life and more. Absolutely. So after that I I obviously cannot relate. <laughs> uh, so I cannot even imagine mm-hmm. that childhood. So after that your life started becoming a little bit more normal. You kept pushing through Right. I was I was pushed through for sure. You were pushed through. through. So you were coached. Yeah. My mom very much. And again, and I, my mom and dad, I'm daddy's little girl. I'm an only child and I'm the only female. Mm -hmm. So my dad and I have very much a very good relationship. And my mom and I, she took the brunt of it. And I am so thankful for her to do that because I, again, now looking back and being older and kind of understanding more about life in general, I cannot imagine how difficult it was Mm. for her to not give in. Because she knew what it would do for me in the future. And didn't think I was going to get emotional. That was weird. Um, so that is what really helped me because she – I fought her tooth and nail. Yeah. I, I was – I'm sorry, mom, because I was <laughs> so not nice. But I remember – I'll never forget this. So I played softball. I was uh-huh. told that I have to play softball. I have to do something outdoors. have to play sport which I 100% agree, even if you're not good at the sport, participate in it because learning how to be a team is so, so valuable in so many different ways. So I played softball in middle school, which like isn't super competitive. It wasn't really that big. Like we lived in in Key Largo, Florida, so like very, very small areas. There wasn't a lot going on or whatever. I played the community team. I always had to do something. I tried springboard diving. That was fun. (laughs) <laughs> flexibility is not my strong suit. So that didn't last very long. Um, did gymnastics. I had to do gymnastics, at least try it. I had awesome. to at least try something. And the other thing was I had to follow through for that season. I was not allowed to quit. Oh. If I, if I said that I was going to start something, I was not allowed to quit unless I physically like was injured. You still got to show up. Even if you're stretching in the corner, you still have to show up because you committed to that responsibility. So I did that. And I remember it was, I think, the second or third day of high school, and I was in ninth grade. And of course, now high school is like a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Like those people are mean; they're scary. Like 
I was very, very intimidated. And again, I just I wanted to be normal. I wanted to fit in. I didn't want to be noticed. I didn't want attention because I've always had attention. It wasn't always in the way that I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So my mom picked me up from school. She goes, oh, hey, I got good news. And I was like, what? You're on the you're on the high school softball team. And I was like, I cried. I cried and I cried. <laughs> and I said, no, I did. I did the sports. I did it. I'm not doing anything because I run funny. Like, it's very obvious that mm-hmm. when I'm walking, I've gotten a lot better now. There's a lot of things that I do now to make it um, a lot easier. But I am funny running. Like, and I don't go very quickly. Uh-huh. So it's very obvious that, like, that player, there's something right about her. Mm-hmm. So in high school, no thank you. We're going to traveling teams. We're going to all these other schools. I'm like, I don't like the idea of this. Nothing about this is appealing to me. And she told me, she said, nope, you committed to softball. You're going to do something. You have to pick something. You have to pick sport. So you can pick something. I ended up um, trying lacrosse as well. My best friend played, and she's very, very good, as well as my cousins. So, of course, I always wanted to be like mm-hmm. them. Um, and I tried it for a while, and I just – the cardio in it was mm-hmm. <laughs> was not working out for me. But I loved, you know, the hand-eye coordination. So I was pushed. Mm-hmm. And if not, I – 1000% no, I would not be where I am today because I could easily sit on the couch, say, woe's me, life did this to me, da, 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 whatever it may be. And I think that is with a lot of different scenarios. With me, it was physically. Some people, it's financially. They didn't have parents that were able to help them. And you got, you know, dealt a bad hand, but you can either say the woe's me game and sit back and just say, why did this happen to me? Or, okay, there's a reason this happened to me. I can use it as a resource, a tool to now teach others how I overcome it or teach other parents. I've actually talked to other parents when I've gone to, um, I did a dance marathon in college. Uh-huh. So much fun. 24 awesome. hour dance marathon. Wow. You had to be on your feet <laughs> dancing. Um, and one of the speakers was actually a mom of a son who had cerebral palsy. And it was um, for the uh, Miracle Network in Central Florida. And this child was part of it. And he had cerebral palsy. And he was, shoot, maybe six, about six, and told his story about how he had cerebral palsy. And his was a lot more severe than mine was. And I took it upon myself to go talk to that mom after he spoke. And I said, hey, I just want you to know, like, what you're doing, I promise you, like, it'll pay off. And getting to talk to her and say, like, I made it. He can make it too. Like it's possible because there's not a lot of people out there who want to talk about what they went through mm-hmm. or show the struggles that they had. And mm-hmm. again, for me, it's physical, but not for everyone. It can be, you know, other scenarios, but giving her that light at the end of the tunnel, she, we're friends on Facebook now and she's, you know, touched base with me here and there. That is why, in my opinion, God gave it to me wow. because I had, I, there's a purpose for me to have this scenario. That's powerful. That's awesome. And what I see is that there's so many lessons from there that we, we could probably spend in days finding defining lessons. But let's go towards your your professional. How did that develop from a personal development now into your adulthood? And how does that help you just continue the daily process of getting better? every day, improving, and pretty much overcoming any barrier that comes at you. Because 
obviously, no kidding, you've been overcoming barriers since you were born. And, and some people, I feel that they, they, they have a smooth sailing or relatively smooth sailing. And then on the side, they see a little hill, a little mountain, a little barrier. And then, then they quit their dreams. They quit their aspirations. So they, they quit their, the professional personal development. Mm -hmm. So you are the prime example on how barriers can be overcome and then continue. Like you didn't, it's not like you stop after high school. You, you then now continue. And then you, you recently did a, a huge investment on your life to even take it to a next level. Mm -hmm. So what, what's that mindset? How, how does that, uh, I want to see what's in your head. <laughs> so I would say there's, there's probably three components to this that I can think of kind of off the top of my head right now. One, I'm very competitive. I'm competitive with myself. I'm competitive with, competitive with others. Two, I, <laughs> this is, it sounds silly to some, but I want to be known for, I never want anyone to ever say that something was handed to her. She's where yeah. she's at because it was handed to her. Yeah. I am very, very blessed. My parents are very hardworking. My grandparents are very hardworking. I've always been surrounded with very self-motivated people. And that mm -hmm. was definitely installed in me to be independent. They didn't just figure things out for me. I had to go try and figure it out myself first and then they would help me. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think, huge because now in the business world, there's a lot of things that you're like, Hey man, I need to get, I need you to get this done. And I'm like, absolutely. In my head, I'm like, I have never done that before. <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going to start, but I commit to it. And just like with softball, when I commit to something, I'm going to follow through with it. I'll always be honest. Like, Hey, this is as far as I got. I did, you know, I did what I could, but I'm always going to follow through with it. And I never want to just be in the same place because that's just my mindset. My mindset is I want more. Why not? Why what stands between me and the person who gets a plane? This is an exaggerated. I don't, I don't want a plane yet, well, but I but, like it. I like it. Yet. <laughs> I like it. Yet. But that's the thing is like, if I told even some people in my family, if I went up to them and said, yeah, I think my three to five year goal is I'm going to get a plane. They would look at me like I'm absolutely nuts. And a lot of people would, but why not? Mm -hmm. What makes me different from the other hard work working person who has learned how to do multiple streams of income, whatever it may be to be able to get the plane. And I think that's for society. And I've just went to the conference that I did last weekend. Um, it was 10 X ladies. And I found it very, very powerful to be able to surround yourself with people who think like that, who don't think you're crazy that look at you like you have four heads when you have big aspirations and when you are in a society surrounding yourself with people who want you to think this big, like get a job, work your nine to five, and then go home. And something that my husband and I had this conversation and it's correlates very well. He's like, you know, there's two types of people in this world, people that live to work and people that work to live. And I'm not saying one is superior to the other. They're completely different mindsets and that's totally fine to have that mindset. But I am very much a, I am going to live to work. I, I love to work. I love to overcome challenges. And why not have that passion in something that you're going to get paid to do? That's right. That's right. So, and that that's, so many people talk about that and how important passion is to, to happiness mm -hmm. and how it can, how it can actually 
help people find happiness because I see nowadays there's so many options, there's so much noise, uh, and there's so many jobs. And oh, I want to start my business. I want to do this. I want to go work over there. And then you try for a year, and you don't commit, and then you don't commit again, and you go somewhere else, and then you don't commit because you want to explore more options. And then now you take your non-committal self <laughs> and go all around. And five years later, you're still stuck. But something that you just mentioned that it dawned on me is that you have been committing to goals since ever you can remember. Mm -hmm. And you just mentioned 10X Lady. Grant, Grant talks, about, talks about this a lot, which is how you can, how you have to commit first and figure it out later. Mm -hmm. But the commitment is something so important because can you find something better, bigger, uh, and shinier later. Yeah, you can find something better, bigger and shinier maybe. Mm -hmm. But you have to commit because if not, you're always going to be trying to find something better, bigger and mm -hmm. shinier. And, and if you have passion for what you do, then it is so easy to commit mm -hmm. and, and overcome any kind of barrier. And I congratulate you for, for that because that's amazing. Thank you. Oh, um, so that brought you to a journey which brought us to be to performance equine, mm -hmm. which of course you have, we have talked about it in, in other episodes and from there it's history. You, you committed and you went up in our, on our employee maturity level very quickly and, and continue climbing without stops. What I noticed that still on top of that, you probably at some point back in the days, I remember talking to you and going over our, our year, three year and five year, you're like, well, I am where I want to be. Like I'm good. And that was maybe not even a year ago, maybe seven, maybe seven months ago. Mm -hmm. And what if I ask you the same question right now? What is your answer? Oh, I'm so far behind. <laughs> so far behind. And it's actually funny that you bring this up. And this is another thing that my husband and I talk a lot about these things, especially when I go to conferences and him and I discuss what I learned and things like that and how we can implement it into our marriage and into our life. And um, it's interesting because I, again, very blessed, very thankful. My parents have helped me a lot um, of the way. But again, that's what also motivates me is like, I have to show that I'm the hardest worker on my tombstone. It is going to say, damn, that was a hard worker and she helped people. That's all I needed to say because awesome. I want to know, like, I want to make my stance because of the impact that I've had. And um, with that... I forgot where I was going to go with that. Hold on. Rewinding. Um, tombstone. Tombstone. Before the tombstone. Hard worker. Hard worker. Help people. Helping people. Lead. Belief lead. Oh, that's what it was. So we were talking about how now my mindset's changed. So I was very lucky with everything that I've gotten. And then I, in my brain said, okay, I'm going to grow up. This is since I was a kid. I'm going to grow up. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to have a house and I'm going to get married and I'm good. The American dream. The American dream. That's what I was, that was, is what was in, embedded in me of that is, you've made it. When you have those things, you've made it. And you got it after one year. Well, then I was like, okay, so now I'm 28. 
I was 27 at the time that you and I were having this conversation. I'd been with Performance Equine for a year. I went from customer care rep all the way to director of administration. I'm now able to afford the mortgage. Um, I got married and I'm like, okay, cool. No one ever talks about what do you do after that? Wow. So I didn't know that there was more after that. I, ha- I had no idea. I thought I was like, yeah, we're good. Rinse and repeat every day. Good work. You know, you get your job, you do the things, you go home. I didn't know that there was more. And then I started surrounding myself with people like you, with a lot of the 10X community and Grant Cardone and stuff like that. And all these people are like, oh, yeah, we're just at like, we, we're just now starting. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, there's more places to go. We can go places. There's more challenges that we can overcome. This is crazy. So that's where starting to surround myself with other motivated people to do the things that I wanted to be able to do, or at least just start in the path. I still don't know where I'm at. My end goal is maybe I will get a plane. Who knows? But I want another side by side. Like there's little things that I want, but the biggest thing I want to do is be known for impacting others and helping others. So if I can be that motivation that you give me to someone else, that then powers me to keep going. Because I remember you told me you woke up at 4.30 in the morning to go to the gym and I thought you were off your rocker. And I now wake up at 4.45 to go to the gym. Yes. Because I see the value in it and I see, and it's there's just so many, what is it, stigmas of things yeah. of like, okay, people are going to talk no matter what. You wake up too early, oh wow, you wake up too early or you work out too much. But then if you don't wake up early, oh wow, you sleep in, you're so lazy. Someone's always going to have something to say. So I just used it as surround myself with people who are motivated with the same kind of aspirations of going farther. And if you don't, that's fine. I'm not faulting you for it, but I'm going to surround myself with those people that have that mindset because you attract people that are similar to you. So that's kind of what has helped me is surrounding myself with other motivated people to be able to keep going and to want to keep going because then you're growing and you're having these wins all together and you're building this community of people we're going farther that are winning together. Awesome. It's fun. Awesome. Awesome. One last thing, and I don't want to take you too long. What would have happened if you would have said, I am, I'm good. I have a salary. I have a, the salary that I wanted. I have the house. I have reached my goals. I am not going to do anything else. And I'm going to keep doing exactly what I'm doing because I am happy where I am. Based on my personality and based on me, I can't obviously speak for everyone, but I think that I would have been stuck on a hamster wheel that would have burnt me out. Mm-hmm. And I think burnout is similar to that work-life balance situation that people have very different perceptions of. And in my case, if I was doing the same thing every single day, that would burn me out quicker than if I were pushing myself to work longer hours and work weekends and things like that, because it's just not, it wasn't what was in me. And some people I think are born with it. I think other people develop it. And those that don't want to, that's perfectly fine. But for me, I truly think that I would have been stuck in a position. I wouldn't have been happy long-term yeah, maybe the first five years I would have been good. I, I am a routine person. I do like routines, but I think I would have been burnt out. I wouldn't have ended up being happy. And because of that, I wouldn't have been a good asset to the 
company. And then I probably would have gotten fired because I wasn't meeting my metrics because I'm bored. I'm coming in. I'm not happy. I'm not adding value to the team. So I think at that point I would have then job humped, Mm -hmm. job hopped, and it wouldn't have been a very prosperous life for me. I agree. I I agree hundred percent. I, I think that having passion and having goals keep you fighting for more and and keep you wanting to achieve more. And that gives so much satisfaction because mm-hmm. every time you overcome a, a barrier, it's such a big satisfaction. There, there are several satisfactions, I think, in what you talk about. One of them is completing the cycle of action, mm-hmm. right? Committing to something and completing it, that's very satisfying. Absolutely. And and the next the next satisfaction is overcoming barrier. Every time a barrier is overcome. I mean, this is why we pay football players millions and millions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. They have to overcome the other team and and, and score. Mm-hmm. And because it's so satisfactory to do that and to see people doing that as well. I could not thank you enough for sharing your life experiences with us and people are going to benefit from this a lot. I know you're going to do great things. We're going to do great things. Yes, we have some very big things coming. I'm very excited. And I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see what's coming. It's going to be good stuff. And at the end of the day, not everyone is going to have the same mindset. Not everyone's going to have the same aspirations and that's okay. But my biggest word of advice, surround yourself with people. Never be the smartest person in the room. And surround yourself with people who want to grow in the way that you do. And it opens your eyes up to a whole new world. 100%. I like it. Let's go. Let's do it. What was that, like 30 minutes? Hey, that, was, that was just a money. It was awesome. That was probably one of my favorites that we've ever done. 26 minutes. Please give her a call so you get the information of the horse that's coming tomorrow.